0: This week's parsha is Parsha Shmini. Uh, the word Shmini means eight, the number eight. It's actually the only parsha in the Torah where the name of the parsha is a number. Um, what is this number eight all about? So, after seven days of preparing with the Mishkan um, that that uh, the Yisrael, the Jewish people, built, so on the eighth day is when their all their preparation work was done, and was on that day. That the divine presence came down in the form of a, fi- of a fire in the Mishkan um, and signified the beginning of Hashem dwelling with the Jewish people in the Mishkan. Um, a little bit of background information. So, of course, on Pesach, on the 15th of Nisan, is when we left Mitzrayim, we left Egypt. Um, seven weeks later, seven weeks and a couple days later, was the giving of Torah by Har Sinai. Um, and after the giving, of Torah of Har Sinai, we have the mitzvah to create a mishkan, to create a place where Hashem will dwell amongst the Jewish people. I believe we've discussed in the past that this commandment of Hashem to create that mishkan was actually a response to something that happened on the day of the giving of the Torah. It was on that day that Hashem reveals Himself to the Jewish people in an unprecedented way, in the greatest way ever, but the revelation of Hashem was actually too great for the people to handle. As the Gemara tells us, that when Hashem actually spoke to them in the commandments, so the revelation was so intense that the Jewish people actually passed away, and Hashem had to revive them. So, as a response to this, that the Jewish people um, were not able to handle that level of revelation, Hashem tells Meishu Rabbeinu, you know what, make for me a home, make for me a dwelling place, a place that I'll be able to dwell amongst the Jewish people in a way that will not be too powerful for them or too overbearing for them, but to create that type of a sanctuary, that type of a Mishkan, where I will be able to have my presence dwell with them. And of course, that Mishkan was the first uh, Mishkan, the first tabernacle that was with, with the Jewish people throughout the years in the desert, which later, when they came into the land of Eretz Yisrael, later became a more permanent Mishkan, and then the first Beis Mikdash, and the second, and ultimately the third for which we await. So, Hashem gives them the mitzvah to make for him a mishkan, a dwelling place. And the Jewish people go out and have this great fundraiser where they raise all the funds and all the materials necessary. And they have their builders and they put it all together. Now, so the mishkan is fully ready to go on the 25th day of Kislev. Um, Let's remember, the Torah was given in Sivan. And afterward, 40 days later, we have the story of the uh, golden calf. And then Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to heaven a second time and a third time. And finally comes down on Yom Kippur with the second set of luches, second set of tablets, and with the full atonement of Hashem. Um, and now the uh, work gets underway in earnest to assemble the Mishkan and all the different parts and details of the Mishkan. So this becomes ready some two and a half months later on the 25th day of Kislev. So really, that day could have been the day that the Mishkan was going to be built, erected. But Hashem says, no, I want you to wait until the month of Nisan, another couple of months, and only then will the Mishkan be put together, assembled, um, erected. But the way it's going to be done is that seven days in advance of the month of Nisan, starting from the 23rd of Adar, every day the Mishkan will be put up in the morning by Moshe Rabbeinu, and taken down in the evening, and there will be karbanos, there will be sacrifices, there will be service there, but it will only be very temporary, for seven days. Every day is put up in the morning, and taken down in the evening. But on the eighth day, which is Rosh Chodesh Nisan, the first day of Nisan, that's the day the Mishkan will be put up, in a more permanent form, we won't be taken down by night, and that's the day that Hashem's Shechina, the Divine Presence, will come to rest with the Jewish people. And that's what happens, so on the 23rd of Adar, is when they begin, that's day number one. Again, the Mishkan is put up in the morning, the service is done, the Avodah is done, it's taken down by night. And this goes for seven consecutive days. And on the eighth day is when the Mishkan is put up in a, in a permanent way. Um, and the Shekhinah comes down. And that's where this week's parsha begins. And those words, Vahiba Yom Hashmini, it was on the eighth day. That eighth day is Rish Nisan, the day that the Shekhinah was going to come dwell with the Jewish people. Um, most interestingly, even ironically, this year we read the Torah portion tomorrow on the 23rd of Adar, which was the first of the seven days. So, we have the seven days that actually starts on the calendar tomorrow, and then we read the Parsha of the eighth day, Rishchei um when the Shekhinah comes to dwell amongst the Jewish people. That's the background behind the story that leads into this week's Parsha. But, quickly, a lesson that we can learn from this. Because there's an obvious question, which is why did they have to go through this whole seven day versus eighth day? Why did they have to first build it for seven days and take it down every night and then come to the eighth day where the the Divine Presence would rest with them? Why couldn't they just put it up one day and the Divine Presence will come rest with them? What was this all about? And really what we have here, I'll I'll discuss this very quickly from two angles. Uh, From one angle... The numbers seven and eight have tremendous import, especially um, Kabbalistically. And that is, seven represents the cycle of creation. Hashem, of course, created the world in seven days, and that's why we have the seven days of a week um, celebrated in the, in the entire world, so a seven-day week, which comes from the Chumash, which tells us that the world was created in seven days. So seven represents the cycle of creation, nature, if you will eight therefore represents a level that's beyond creation or beyond nature the godly that's above and beyond and the message that we have here is that in order for a person to have godliness revealed within themselves that hashem should dwell within a person we have to first do whatever we can using all of our natural abilities and capabilities and resources now of course when we're working with our own abilities and our own nature, we cannot transcend that. It's uh, within the realm of our abilities and nature and limitations. But when we do all we can in a natural way and using whatever resources we have, we make ourselves a vessel, if you will, to receive a level that's beyond our nature and beyond our abilities to reach on our own. But that's only after we've exhausted all of our abilities. And the same is in every area when we talk about connecting to Hashem. We do A, B, C, D. We do whatever we can. We put in our best effort. We use our, each individual's unique soul powers and talents. And all of that is creating that vessel that then Hashem, who is above and beyond all that, can reveal Himself within us and give us something much greater than we could reach on our own. And that's what's going on here. We want to create a Mishkan. We want to create a place where Hashem will dwell, where Hashem will reveal Himself within us. So Hashem says, first take seven. Seven is, again, nature. Seven is your abilities. Do everything you can. Um, Make yourself the best person you can. And then on the eighth day, when you've done all your work, I will appear and I will reveal myself within you. Such a powerful lesson for us in our eternal quest of connecting to our soul, to, our, to, our, to that part of Hashem that's above and beyond, by doing whatever we can. So that's one point. Very quickly, a second angle is just, in general, the importance of preparation. Um, everything we do, re- re- really most of our life, is involved in preparations. We have a certain goal. We have a certain thing we're trying to reach and we spend time preparing. All too often we don't attach enough significance to the preparation. We're just looking for the goal. We're looking for the end game. And the preparation is just, you know, an unnecessary evil in order to get where we want. But really preparation is so important. Preparation is really what prepares the ground, makes us Um, as I said earlier, a vessel, makes us able to truly appreciate, enjoy, receive properly whatever we are preparing for. And especially when we're talking about when it comes to different mitzvahs that we do, there is the actual act of the mitzvah, but there's everything that goes into it beforehand. Um, Really, that's really what education is all about as well. A child is born, Halachically, the first 12 years for a girl or 13 years of a boy, um, they're not yet, they don't have mitzvahs, they don't have commandments. It's all preparation. It's education. It's preparing for the time when they get older and they'll have all the mitzvahs. But that time of a child is so significant and so powerful and so um, instrumental in what type of a life they're going to lead later. The same is with us as a Jewish people where Pesach is considered our birth. And it's a time of preparation until the giving of Torah, which is like our Bar Mitzvah, Bas Mitzvah, when we became obligated. Um, And the same is in every mitzvah that we do, whether it's davening to Hashem, whether it's anything that we do with the month of the holiday of Pesach is coming up. So there is enjoying and participating in the mitzvah when it happens and when we're doing it. And then there is the days, the weeks, the month that leads up to it and all that preparation which makes sure that the mitzvah we do is on a whole different level and the experience is something that's so much more meaningful when we prepare for it properly and therefore that's the second idea of the seven days of preparation necessary for the Mishkan teaching us that whenever we want to attain something of significance it's so largely dependent on a proper preparation leading up to it and I'll finish with a quick story one of the very great and famous Chabad Hasidim of the previous generations, was a chassid, his name was Rab Hilal Paritcher, Rab of the city of Paritch, great chassid of the Mittler, Rabbi, the Samach Tzedek, a tzaddik in his own right, and a teacher and a, a leader to many, many. So he would very much um, underscore to his disciples the importance of preparing properly for prayer, for davening. He would have them learn and contemplate and meditate for, for long periods of time. Before their davening, so that the davening should be on a much greater and more meaningful level. So he had one disciple who came to him and he says, "Rebbe, I have a big problem." He says, "My preparations for davening go great. I really spend the time learning and studying and, and appreciating it and and meditating, reflecting. But my davening itself is not as great. Doesn't seem. I don't seem to have the same feeling and excitement in the actual davening as in the preparation leading up to the davening." Isn't it a waste? Here I'm preparing so much and the davening doesn't, doesn't seem to take me where I want it to take me. And Rabillo replied, and he says, Why does it bother you so much if you're davening before you daven? And that was his cryptic answer, which of course can be examined and understood in different ways. But one very simple message of that is preparation itself is so important and so powerful. And Reb seemed to be telling this disciple, he says, if your preparation is great, that's great in and of itself. Of course, we still have to work on part two, but never underestimate the significance, the greatness um, of, of, of a successful, proper preparation. That in itself is so worth it and so powerful in helping us achieve and come to where we need to. Have a wonderful Shabbos.